श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य भगवान Well, even the worship of Srila Prabhupada is not traditional. I mean, if we're talking about the broader Gauriya Vaishnava tradition, um, traditionally no guru prior to Prabhupada was worshipped publicly daily like that. Traditionally, every disciple worships his guru daily individually. That's in the individual. That's in the Pancharatra tradition. Yes. When you worship deities, first you have to worship your guru, but that's done. Each person does that individually. About 1974, quite late in Shri Prabhupada's preaching leela, that uh, I believe without telling Prabhupada in advance, when he came back from his morning walk on Juhu Beach in Bombay, they offered him guru puja in the temple room as. We're doing now, and from that time it went on and became part of the Iskcon tradition, um, which was continued when Prabhupada left in worship of his disciples. When you're asking uh, what the standard is, uh, I'm not exactly sure what the GBC ruling is. Maybe someone knows. I believe it is that if the public worship of the or the group worship by devotees of their spiritual masters can go on. It's not obligatory, not mandatory, but in a, in a room other than the temple room. I believe that's the rule. Although, from what I can see, in most places, in most discon centers, it's not done. And in the centers that it is done, it seems to be being done. <laughs> Different approaches. It seems. So, what is the standard? It seems to be. It seems to vary from place to place, as with various standards. And that—that's there in every tradition. That it will be a little different, and things will be observed a little differently in different places. Um. This. This coming together and worshiping Shiva Prabhupada together is very important. Um, <coughs> I perceive, or I hope, that Shiva Prabhupada's position within Iskcon in the coming generations may be similar to that of Ramanujacharya in. The Sri Sampradaya, Madhvacharya, and the Madhvacharya Sampradaya. In uh, when when we meet members of those Sampradayas, they they identify themselves first and foremost as members of that Sampradaya, as followers of Brahmanandra, Madhvacharya, Nalabacharya, and of course they have their own individual. Gurus also, but they they identify more with the broader body of the <coughs> disciplic followers of Ramanuja or Madhva, and uh, their their discipleship doesn't uh, separate them from 
other disciples within the same sampradaya. Now this is a this is a broad generalization because there are also groups and subgroups within the various sampradayas. <coughs> so where does that come to with the Guru Puja? Um, um, in some places I go to, I think it's mostly among Indian devotees that when I when I arrive, the, the first day they, they want to do a, a personal group, but they don't do it every day. But when I go there, they do it something like that. So that's something important for the disciples, especially those who don't see the guru that often, which is most of them, because. In my case, I'm moving around quite a lot. As one devotee said to Srila Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada, I always want to stay at your lotus feet. Prabhupada said, well, that will be difficult because I'm always moving. So, uh, there are, of course, different uh, angles of thought, you could say, within Iskhan, a euphemism. Or within Iskhan, or from the edges of Iskhan, there is the... Uh, Ritic philosophy, the ideas that, that uh, there's no actual guru in this compound, it's the only one. And there are various uh, permutations of it, uh, like offshoots of it, you could say. Which, something like, yeah, there are gurus, but they're not very important, something like that. So this this doesn't foster a devotional mood. Gurus are important. Srila Prabhupada's uh, importance is is overwhelming. It's, it's, but that doesn't mean that we can, in a material sense, say that well, the followers of Srila Prabhupada are not important. Just to to give something like a mundane example. That Einstein was the greatest scientist of the 20th century doesn't mean that all other scientists after him are completely useless and insignificant. And we see that uh, devotees who have Guru Bhakti, they also have Krishna Bhakti. Whereas those who think that, yeah, I don't need any Guru, they also have a kind of standoffish approach towards the whole process of bhakti and towards Krishna. And sometimes they fanatically say, well, it would be nice if everyone followed Prabhupada. It's, you know, it's like more, you know, like, you know, rising early in the morning, following all the programs Prabhupada gave us. It's like, you know, they just want to stick a picture of Prabhupada. And say, ah, ah, sh- ah, nowhere else. <laughs> well, Follow everything. said that would be very good. That's the real way to be inside. In Bangalore, the famous temple there split away from Iskon on the, the Bangalore major city of India. They built a big temple, and as they were building it, they were saying that being built with the blessings of Jayapitaka Maharaj, and then afterward, when they built it, they threw him out and said, Oh my so strictly following Prabhupada that they don't accept the edition of Bhagavad Gita as it is, which is edited by Jayapetas Rami. So they're, they're uh, printing and distributing 
the Bhagavad Gita uh, as it is, as it was printed at the time of Prabhupada. Of course, Prabhupada himself appointed Jayabhata Swami as the editor. And uh, in Bangalore, there, there must be more Shastric pundits than any other place in India. Just just one of the changes that Jayadvaita Maharaj made was that due to, you see, the Bhagavad Gita as it is, the, the first edition was made by devotees who were very, they didn't know much about the philosophy at all. One verse in the 10th chapter, the line comes, Pitri nam Aryama chasmi. Among the Pitris, I am Aryama. So Prabhupada was dictating and he said, there is a planet of the Pitris. But the person who heard it never heard of a, a Pitri, so he thought it must mean a tree. So he wrote, there is a planet of the trees. Uh, later, Jayadvaita Maharaj very sensibly edited to say, was very clear from the verse, that the, the Prabhupada writes, there is a planet of the Pitris of which, over which Aryama presides. But in the old edition it says there is a planet of the trees over which Aryama represents. And this is being distributed in the city in India where there are so many pundits. Prabhupada said there's a planet of trees, so it must be. This is called stupidity. And it's it, it you know, it actually due to the ignorance of an editor and then the stupidity of people who don't want to accept that the editor was stupid and not Prabhupada, they actually want to make Prabhupada look stupid. Yeah. And then they'll, they'll see on the name, has Prabhupada's name on the book and the, the pundits reading it. I don't have a train. Prabhupada, he wrote that. It's actually offensive to Prabhupada. So, uh, undoubtedly, there have been uh, many problems in the succession from Prabhupada to his disciples. That means that in Prabhupada's disciples, in Gurus, there will be many problems, which is maybe inevitable when when this highest culture is being brought to the uh, lowest culture. But the reaction should not be fanatically rejecting the tradition and the culture and the Shastra. Rather, both gurus and disciples should become well acquainted with what is, with what are the teachings of Shastra, what are the traditions, and follow that. That will help us. There's the guide in this dark world is Guru, Sadhana, and Shastra. So the question about whether it's an ISKCON tradition to have uh, Guru Puja, Prabhupada's disciples, well, ISKCON tradition is still in the making. And uh, maybe not next year. I don't know if I have it by next year, but maybe the year, the summer after that, when I come, Krishna Bhavani, I'll have a big book on Vaishnava culture, which hopefully will all many many details, which will hopefully contribute to this ongoing forming of ISKCON's liturgical tradition. Sorry, that was a long sentence. Is that, was not a part of the tradition should be no cell phones during class. Generally speaking, the closer it is to the uh, the traditions that have been followed in India, the better. That will, that will be better rather than adopting this 
from Western ledger culture. Of course, it has to be very intelligently applied, just like some men read in Prabhupada's books, the wife has to be submissive to the husband, and then they they take that to mean that the wife is just like, you know, she's just like a complete slave or something like that. They never saw the culture or understood the culture, how uh, women are so much, chaste women are so much respected within that culture. Anyway, I'm diverting from the question. What's the conclusion of all this? I, that be local authorities have to How to do, what to do. Just ask for some input. Next question is how to overcome envy. So the question is that Narutanda Star Group seems how to... How to dovetail all these bad propensities in Krishna's service. He don't think about Masari. So is it possible to... Well, envy is the... Uh, it is the overall expression of our not loving Krishna. Envy is the perversion of, of love for Krishna. So how can we get rid of envy is we love Krishna. And as much as we love Krishna, the, the less we envy Krishna and everyone else. Philosophical understanding is very useful. When we find ourselves becoming envious of others, we should remember this is not good. This is a this is a manifestation of my lack of love for Krishna. The opposite of envy is uh, that verse I was just quoting this morning, the, the broad-mindedness, not broad-mindedness described by by non-devotees, but broad-mindedness in seeing everyone as part and parcel of Krishna. I am Nijah Parodhi. Those of small-minded people, means small, light, not heavy, light thing, light thinkers. They think in terms of I, me, and mine. This is mine, but they are others. But one who is udara, broad-minded, udara charita, they see everyone as intimate family members, the whole world. So this this shloka is actually from Hitopadesh, which is just like, that's not even Krishna consciousness, that's just ordinary dharma. Wow. So even at the level of even at the level of ordinary dharma, beginning with karma kanda, that consciousness is being being inculcated. Yeah. Question number two. So how how devotees should relate to Yukta Vairagya and how the young devotees should relate to all the senior devotees? Relate to Yukta Vairagya? What does it mean? We have a relationship with, with a concept. <laughs> what do you mean? Do you mean to understand it? How young devotees should use this Yukta Vairagya because you can see that in the name of Yukta Vairagya Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yukta Vairagya means to use the things of the world in Krishna's service. 
Yukta means to join together. So one idea of Vairagya is to leave everything. Don't use anything. But Yukta means to use it. First of all, there has to be Vairagya or detachment. Otherwise, otherwise, if we use the things of the world without a spirit of renunciation, it should sense enjoyment. And that doesn't mean that uh, young devotees should not use things of the world in Krishna's service, but while doing so, they should be trained in the proper spirit of doing so, which is anasaktasya vishayan yataham upayundyataham nirbandha krishna sambandhe yuttam vairagyamachyate without being attached to anything for one's own sense enjoyment, but seeing the relate the relationship of everything to Krishna, we should use everything in this world for Krishna's pleasure. Why should why why Bhaktisananda Saraswati divine it like he gave at first initiation and then the second initiation? Actually, there's only, the Shastra repeatedly says there's only one initiation. You only take initiation once. So, it's it's some kind of language that has come up in this form. We say first initiation and second initiation. Although, um, there may be levels of the initiation process. In the Sri Vaishnava Sampradaya, they go through various stages at various times. So, uh, in, so. in his... Well, he, he first gave Harinam. And then later, <coughs> that, that's equivalent to what we call first initiation. And then what we call second initiation, that was called Diksha, or initiation into uh, Mantra Diksha. Diksha means to give mantras, Mantra Upadesha, it's sometimes called. Um, but then, giving Harinam, because Harinam is also a mantra, so you're also giving a mantra. So it's also equivalent to giving diksha. <coughs> so why did he do that? Well, I don't think he was the first to do that. He wasn't. It wasn't something he introduced. <laughs> Even giving Brahminical initiation to persons of lower caste it was a big controversy in the time of Bhaktisthan Sarasvati. It's not some. It's not, not something that he introduced. So if you're asking why he introduced it, he didn't introduce it. So what, what is the reason that sometimes some Kirtan devotees leaves, I don't know, movement or, or only their service? This is not taking it. So what can we they do? They leave. Yes. Oh, they might be they're leaving to go out on Sankita. <laughs> what is the reason to go on this to do books? Let's make it positive. <laughs> what is the reason you are not leaving? <laughs> Jump in the van. <laughs> so what can we do for them so so that they will be they will be satisfied like in the temple? Because they are the But if they're in the temple then they're not leaving on the second time. Okay, the thing is uh, as Kalpat said, don't be surprised if anyone goes, be surprised if anyone stays. There's always going to be people who come, uh, among those who come, there's always going to be some percentage of those who go away into Maya. 
What is the reason? Well, it's uh, desire not to serve Krishna. We should make a... If there's a strongly Krishna conscious atmosphere, then presumably less people will leave to go into mind. But some may, may see, seeing their own condition, think that I, I, they feel the need, I have to get married, and then I have to maintain a family, so I can't do this one. That's quite common. You can't, you can't make any legislation against them. Rather, we should encourage them. Yeah, no, all right, now you're making a change. Now you'd be a good householder. Those who are going to be lifelong brahmacharis, preachers, they're very, that's a great calling. Yeah, what else? Would I take shelter in prasada, even though I am over-eating Every day, uh, every Sunday feast, for, for, for five years. <laughs> we should take shelter of prasad. Prasade sarva dukha nam hamirasyo prajayate. Prasanna chaita sohyashu buddhya pariyavatishnati. In Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna says that by prasad, one becomes free of all miseries. One becomes happy. <laughs> and one's intelligence becomes steady. Of course, here the word prasad is used more in the sense of the mercy of the Lord. But Krishna prasad is the mercy of the Lord. Bhaktino Thakur also says, Prasada Shiva Karite Hoi Shakala Prapancha Joy. That by honoring prasad, we conquer over mind. Taking shelter of prasad means to honor prasad. As long as we think that Prasad is something for me to enjoy, then we cannot actually take shelter of Prasad. But when we realize that Prasad is as worshipable as Krishna, then we can properly take shelter of Prasad and conquer over Maya. So, what was the desire of Shatrapada? How, how should uh, how we should make Harinam? How how should Harinam look like? Ah. I'm not aware of any specific instructions from Prabhupada. He wanted the devotees to be out of Harinam. Prabhupada tolerated, or he went along with many wild things in the early days of the movement. It's not necessarily that Prabhupada thought he was the best standard, but uh, he encouraged the devotees' enthusiasm. This gives me the opportunity to say that it's this uh, wonderful program going out on Hainam in Prague during the summer. It's very important, very purifying, purifying for those who are chanting and those who are seeing and hearing. It's very, very pleasing. That's going on. But it's a British reason. It should be in every ISKCON center, but uh, it is going on here, and that's very good. I, I read in seventh canto that devotee uh, could chant and hear about the particular particular holy name which uh, attracts him like Mercy Marama, Krishna and so on. So if I understand it properly, uh, these um, different attachments to different holy names appears on the stadium of advanced 
Devotional service. Yeah. Yes. Um. Although it may be that uh, even in a neophyte stage, one has a, a sentimental attachment to some particular form of the world. That sentiment is a good sentiment. That may develop later into uh, mature <coughs> feelings for a particular form of the world. What could help us to develop uh, deep, deep feeling for Shah Prabhupada, uh, such deep as similar feelings that his disciples has for him when he was with them? The whole process of Krishna consciousness is for developing our feelings for Krishna. Naturally, if we hear a lot about Srila Prabhupada, then we're going to become more and more attached to him. And if we serve his mission and pray to him for the strength to serve his mission, then the feelings will develop. How do you develop feelings for anyone? There has to be some exchange. Prabhupada gave the example of uh, traditional Hindu marriage, which takes place before puberty. So just as a child, a young girl, she, she, before she lives in the house of her husband, she may go time to time and help with cooking and serving, even though it's just a young, she's just a young girl and he's just a young boy. And officially the relationship is established, husband and wife, although they don't really know each other very much. And they're both quite immature. But because they both accept that relationship is there and they start to act in that relationship, then uh, naturally their feelings for each other arise. So in the same way if we serve within Prabhupada's mission and, and realize that this is, this is being done personally for Prabhupada, then naturally our feelings so many devotees were anxious to do personal service for Prabhupada, but how much can you do? How much can be done? And he only wore one set of cloth a day, so I mean, if you have several thousand disciples, so should, should they all, one disciple washes his cloth, then another disciple washes his cloth, then another, it's only one time washing is enough, so there's a limited amount of what's called angasiva, service to the body or, or, or personal service. So some devotees became very uh, some devotees became very disappointed that some devotees, that others are getting the opportunity to serve, I'm not. But Prabhupada clarified that all <coughs> all services are personal service to me. And often he discouraged devotees from even being with him. I mean, he'd, he'd call them for festivals, and then, festivals up, go. Don't do your service. And just don't hang around. You know, just, you know, what's your service? What are you doing? Don't just, don't just look at me and say, Die, Prabhupada! Go do some service. <coughs> so personal association is important. And if one can understand that, Everything we're doing is personal service, not impersonal service. And it's being personally accepted by Prabhupada. Then we can always live with it. <coughs> what does it mean, the high taste of um, spiritual life? Well, 
there's a there's a jar of honey. It tastes very sweet. Shall I describe how it's sweet? Will you, will you experience the sweetness by being described? You have to personally taste it, then you can understand what it means. It can be described, but the, the words, they can only, um, they, they can never be equivalent to the actual experience. The high taste of Krishna conscious means it's much, 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 higher, add a few more munches than the lower taste of trying to enjoy anything separate from Krishna. My wish mean should we take shelter in Krishna? Well, first thing is uh, get up early in the morning and go to Mangalati, chant 16 hours an hour, and all these other processes. This is the process. Should I say something different? That actually, uh, Rupa Goswami said this, and Prabhupada said this, and everyone else is saying this, but there's some secret we're hiding from you. Can you reveal it to us? <laughs> there's a process. It's not, people say, well, following mechanically. But the, uh, the process, all these rules and regulations, they uh, are either directly hearing and they involve either directly hearing and chanting about Krishna or they facilitate that or nourish that. So this process, all of those regulations are based on hearing and chanting about Krishna. And hearing and chanting about Krishna awakens our feelings of Krishna. Yasyam Vai Shriamananam Krishna Paramapurushe Bhaktir Utpatyate By hearing this message, Srimad Bhagavatam, hearing about Krishna, our feelings, the feeling of devotion arises within the heart of the performer. Shoka, moha, bhayabhahana, or lamentation, fear, and illusion are dispelled. And Hare Krishna Mahamantra, Eto Shabha, Jai Jape, Shri Krishna, Upajai Bhav, by chanting the Hare Krishna, the nature of the Hare Krishna mantra, by chanting it, one's feelings for Krishna awaken. So, this is the process. There's so many questions, how to this, how to that. If we follow this process of Krishna consciousness, everything will come. Just have to remain steady on the path. How we can recognize that, our, that we please our spiritual master? I ask you. We can also experience, if we're not sincerely trying to please our Guru and our Gurus, then we'll feel dissatisfaction in the heart. Sometimes the Kirtan is very wild, but only in the, uh, in the rhythm, but the holy name 
we cannot hear the holy name. Mm. So, <laughs> so, how we should re relate to this and don't make offenses when this mood is not inspiring to me? Kirtan means chanting the holy name. Sometimes kirtans become wild, but in that case, still the holy name should be the mm. bit of chanted wild. But if the holy name is not audible, then it's, what's the point? And it's just wild. He wrote that we shall not at any time, we shall not. Oh, that was that was the. <coughs> One message he spoke to his disciples. That, that was like his last general message to his disciples. Yeah, very famous. So you write, you shall not at any time. He spoke. Spoke. We should not be disappointed if the people of the world do not accept this message. He said, but go on enthusiastically. Propagating the message of Rupa Raghunath. My point was that the sentence is that we shall not at any time show even slightest dejection for the seven tongued Sankitan movement. Seven tongues, yeah. What are the seven tongues? In a, in a yagya, there's a fire. And in the Upanishads, they amen, it's mentioned the seven, the seven flames, the seven kinds of flames. In, in, the, in, the, in the yagya fire. So the seven flames of the Sankirtan Yagya are Chito Darpanamarjanam, cleansing the mirror of the heart, Baba Maha Dabarhinirakanam. It means extinguishing the blazing fire of material Shreya Kayava Chandra Kavitanam, distributing the rays of the benediction of Shreya Kayava Chandra Vidyavadu Jivanam. It is the it is the life of the actually what I'm means that the, the, the wife is knowledge. So it's the life of the wife of knowledge. It's the life of transcendental knowledge. Saraswati. Saraswati. She is Vidyabha. And Anandam Buddhivaradhanam. Increases the ocean of transcendental bliss. I am Pratipadam, a poor Namritasra. Pratipadam, poor Namritasra, enables us to taste nectar at every step. And Saravatna Snapana cleanses everyone. Those are the seven times.